0: to three is company the podcast by hosting this little interview video with me
1: the five element hip hop kiddo Z and just to tell my love appreciation
0: story sprinkle a little bit of knowledge for the hip hop culture universally so you have another friend fan follower here in sydney australia the land down under like there's no other so thanks once again guys all the best
1: yo yo what's going on people it's mugsy upcoming hip-hop artist from sydney australia of the land down under and right now i'm gonna do this kind of vlog interview video about myself exactly the five elements hip-hop kiddo mugsy from sydney of australia Um, To tell a little bit about myself, how I got into hip-hop, how I Escalated it and evolved myself into the man. I am today and just how basically hip-hop saved my life And I'm thankful every day that I came in touch with this in my sense beautiful culture because you know Like I always say if somehow Hip-hop didn't exist anymore then you've lost me and my identity as a person, but yeah, I'm gonna take you you know you viewers and whoever's listening to this audio a trip back into the past uh 14 years ago little mug z at the age of 14 an early teen of adolescence and take you through the journey maybe what i've done and you know who i've become along the way because i'm 28 going on to 2019 for 2020. when i was 14 you know the early thousands era People say it was the platinum era because you know a lot of the artists were playing, you know, wearing the platinum chains and the baggy clothes and you know we had the three horsemen at the time which was Eminem and 50 Cent and Dr. Dre, which was like the pinnacle of its time. You know, we had artists like Jay-Z and you know Rockefeller and Damon Dash and Cameron and Beanie Siegel. We had, you know, the South, which was chameleonaire and Paul Wall with the mixtape game. Man, we had like the diplomats, we had, man, so much talent coming out of the early thousands, man. But I remember, man, being sort of that that teen, man, that was kind of an outsider starting off in my adolescence years, man. You know, had no identity, you know, was sort of picked on a bit and, you know, kind of bullied and, you know, kind of messed around with a beer, man. And that sort of led me onto a path of depression, and anxiety, and doubting myself, and just trying, like, you know, rolling with the wrong crowds, man, like, just trying to find my identity, man, of, like, whoever was pushing me aside would give me that sort of chip on my shoulder mentality of, you know, like, why, why is the world, you know, like, fooling around with me, man, you know, why is the world, you know, hating on me, man, you know, like, is it because I'm an outsider, maybe I'm not, have the same opinions and goals, or, you know, the same outlooks on whoever was doing it around the time, man, and that really, they always say, man, when you're you're a teenager through high school, you really, you know, find what you want to be in your future, you know, and carve you into the man or, you know, the woman you are, or whatever the case may be, you are, um, you know, later on in life to be, and if you're really, you don't get that starting off, you know, that sort of push or that, you know, I guess you can say, um, start with, with that, uh, you're kind of on the backburn, you really fall into a deep, eternal, dark depression, man, and it's, it's a scary thing, because, like, a lot of kids, you know, they fall through the suicide routines, or, you know, they do something crazy, and, you know, there's no no turning back from those, those, those paths, man, and I really ran into that sort of cycle of, you know, thinking negative, and you know thinking that the world was black and uh, you know and just dark and 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 not really appealing to me and that's why i say the early thousands man was so powerful at that time man because like obviously we had the decades of the generations man but something about the early thousands man you could not run away from a man of hip-hop like it was like the pinnacle of its marketing era like you had it in music and you know, clothing and movies and video games and sporting athletes and, you know, just everywhere you went, it screamed hip-hop at the time. And I remember, man, being, like, having such a chip on my shoulder that, you know, I could re- sort of relate to these artists of having that expression and that pain through whatever they're, you know, they're going through, or whatever their communities or, you know, their societies or their worlds, like were sort of going through, they could, you know, take that negative influence and flip you know, they could not influence, but take that negative, you know, sort of outlook and flip it on its head and throw it into a positive outcome, man, which was rhythm and poetry of the power of hip hop and like, you know, changing their messages through this art form and this culture of hip hop, man. Obviously, being a white boy, man, from the suburbs, Eminem was obviously the key at the time. Like, you know, when 8 Mile dropped, I always say every white boy from the suburbs, man, wanted to be a rapper when that film dropped. And some, you know, went down the Wigga path, man, you know, like the whole Malibu's most wannabe rat. And then some really took the culture and really wanted to maybe sort of find their place in life through this culture and this art form. And I was one of those people, man, like, I didn't want to see a therapist, man, or oh, pop appeal to make me happy, man, because I knew that wouldn't have worked. I wanted to find an identity within myself, and because I had nothing of that, man, I, I had no interests, I had no self-well-being about myself or self-persona about myself, and maybe that was the reason why I got kicked down a lot, and when I came into hip-hop, it gave me an identity, it gave me an art form and a, a purpose and well-being in life. So, man, like, at first, obviously, Eminem being a white boy in a black domain of culture, man, I guess you can say, related to not just the inner white kids, but the suburban white kids like myself, man, and I really resonated with that anger and aggression he had in his, you know, like, the Slim Shady LP and the Marshall Mathers LP, um, and the Eminem show and so on and so forth, but starting off, man, I was like, you know, why not try and, like, write, like, a rhyme or, like, write a rap and... My early, early days, man, were writing exactly how Emmy used to write, like that real twisted, psychotic wordplay that he used to do, um, like the Slim Shady kind of vibe. And that was only therapeutic to get my anger out there, man, like that was, you know, that wasn't deliberately who I was, it was just more to get the anger out there. And I remember coming home from school, and these generational hip-hop programs would come on, and it would show you the decades of the 70s, like the Boogie Down Bronx, Grandmaster Caz, Grandmaster Flash, you know, Cool Herc, African Bambada, Melly Mel, and just the birth era, and they would have like the 80s, which was, you know, LL Cool J, Eric B and Rakim, you know, Run DMC, and... Uh, like Karis One and you know Ice T, and even like the likes of you know to whoever's listening to this audio, man, the the first ever white artist, man, to come into the scene of hip hop. I'm not talking about Vanilla Ice. I'm not talking about the Beastie Boys. I'm talking about MC Search and Pete Nice from Third Base, man, man. Like I mean, Third Base, man. To whoever's not listening to this audio, or maybe listening to it and being schooled with this historical of just what I've preached, man, you've just got the gas face, man, because you've really got to learn about some white artists in the game, man, but MC Search, he doesn't get enough recognition of what he deserves, man, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have Nas, we wouldn't have Illmatic, which is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, in my opinion, and Nas is definitely up there as a top MC, a top 5 MC to me, um, or to anyone that wants to do hip-hop, man, so we got MC Search, and then we had the 90s, of course, which was the golden era, man. Um, you know, and I could flood a whole list, but people say the golden era because there was so much talent and, you know, you had to have the bars, man, you had to have, you know, you had to have your messages, you had to have your lyricists, your punchlines up if you wanted to claim to be a rapper or, you know, claim to even come into a cypher or claim to even be hip-hop, man. See, like, that's why I say, man, with these kids now doing this mumble trap, Man, if, like, you were back in the 90s, man, there was no way that shit would fly. Like, that would get swept under the rug ASAP, man, like, and you'd be obliterated by incredible MCs. Man, I could go down the list, like, you know, Tupac Biggie, that whole Death Row and Bad Boy movement, the West and East Coast. And then you had the West, which was, like, NWA, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, man, and you had, like... You know, the Puerto Ricans, like, big L, like Big pun, I was going to say Big L, but he was a classic man, Big L, Wu-Tang Clan, um, man, like, Onyx, Naughty by Nature, I could go down a whole list, man, Cypress Hill, man, I mean, there was so much talent, and I'm not just talking about the real lyricists, dude, man, we had party times, man, you know, like, Fresh Prince, and, you know, Kid and Play, and, man, like, you know... A TLC, like, I'm even talking about R&B style, that had, like, that tinge of hip-hop to them, man, and to whoever's listening to his audio, man, I'm probably taking you back here through time, man, of these golden memories, man, of classic tracks that still hold up today, um, and then you obviously had the early thousands, which was the era that I mentioned, but I remember just being so mesmerized with this culture over the decades and the years, man, and wanting to be a part of it, even though I was just starting off as 14, man, I wanted to be a part of this movement. Um, you know, even though it started USA kind of based, that's the birthplace, man, is the New York style. And then, you know, like uh, as America as a whole, man, to how it's become so universal. I wanted to be a part of that, um, but be gratefully respected as not just a white boy trying to rap, but as a prominent rapper or MC. And I remember seeing these OG pioneer fathers like, you know, Karis One, Ice-T, or Chuck D from Public Enemy. And every time they'd be interviewed or, you know, do like a little set before, uh, you know, their performance, man, they'd always preach that hip-hop was brought up on authenticity and uniqueness. And, you know, that's what the foundation and the flavor is of what makes this culture so great. It's like, you know, you can have your influences and your idols and your, you know uh, like your, your peers to sort of, I guess you can say, find your identity, um, and, you know, have them as kind of like, like a backbone to, you know, really carve your own craft, but if you're mimicking and only just doing what they're doing, you know, and not finding your own passion, your own material, your own material, or your own message, um, you're really going to be frowned upon when it comes to the house of hip-hop, man. Um because you're not really finding your true calling. You're not, you know, coming to the table of what you could do. You're only doing what they can do, you know. And so that was really insightful to me at the age of fourteen. Because I mean, like at the age of fourteen, even to kids probably listening to this audio, man, yes, you are in that narcissistic mindset of materialistic things. You know, you want the money, you want the fame, you want the girls, you want the car, the money and like everything. And you don't really care about it as a culture. You just see what's cool and what's now and what's hip, you know. But with me at that age, and I'm going to preach this to whoever's listening. You know, something sparked my brain of when I see these pioneer fathers talk so much passion about this culture they created. It sent something to me to be like, that materialistic thing is cool, but to have a culture is an overall welcoming that like it's a, it's an overall acceptance more than a cool thing to be if you have more passion for the culture and what it's done so universally to you know just the materialistic things or the fashion and you know all, all that sort of jazz it, you're more a prominent form in hip-hop compared to someone just rapping for you know that that kind of garbage man and that really woke me up to be like why don't I have a message and tell my story, you know, like, and then my first album released, which was Ride or Die, and it was, like, there was, like, a lot of tracks in there, like, you know, King of the Underground, Keep on Rapping, you know, No More Pain, and, like, all these, you know, inspirational tracks of how I was telling my story, even though it was demo material, it was very rough, like, when I listen back to it, it is very, very rough material, um, like, it's almost cringe-worthy, you know, to put it on. And sometimes my homies put it on to take the piss out of me. But I was just starting off, man. And, it's, it, you know, you hear my little, you know, teenage voice trying to rap along and trying to write my own rhymes and stuff. But it's, it's you know, it's a learning curve, man. And, A, I brought it out there in the MySpace days. And you know, people chewed it up and, you know, some people loved it, some people hated it, man, and I just kept grinding, you know, this is before, this is early days of social media or MySpace, like, when you would have your little band profile, but you, you know, in the outside world, you would have to physically hand out, hand out, you know, hard copies and, like, you know, go to, go to, you know, maybe youth centers and local DJs and, um, even maybe fake RDS to get into clubs and man just so they could play like your record or house parties man and Hand the local you know the local DJ your tape and get that weird look as like who are you? I've never heard of you before, but you gotta you know Talk a whole lot of game just to get you know your name played and man I did all that I did all that with my rough demo of right or die man, and I, I, I look back at those times being so colorful because you know it, it 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 was something that was fueling me like knowing that I'm doing what probably my idols did before they were famous, like they were just handing their rough demos out and doing the ciphers and doing the open marks and stuff, and just slowly building that recognition of being a rapper or being known as this culture of hip hop, and that fueled me to to a point of just like there's no turning back like when you hear those first people say, "Are you a rapper?" Or are you doing hip hop now? Get yeah, you know a spit of a spit of bars, bit, and then like they their ears pick up or their eyes pick up, and they're just like, dude, this guy's got bars. It's that local little celebrity buzz of, man, I can't put the mic down. I got to keep writing, and I got to keep being insightful and know more about the culture that, you know, like I don't know about. And that's what led me on to my second album, which re- which released in 2013, which was Understand Me, and Understand Me, man, was more an add-on to Ride or Die, like, Understand Me was, you know, the first album, why don't I tell about my story and my inner self-well-being, and then Understand Me is, look, I've got the power to do this, why don't I tell about an overall atmospheric, you know, pride, like, you know, message is, whoever's listening to this album maybe they can take something out of it that they're going through, like, yeah, I can relate to Muggsy, or I've been through the same dramas and the same upbringings and the same, you know, obstacles. I've done the same things. So that was more, the, you know, ride or die was more about me. Understand Me was more about what am I giving back to society, Whoever, whoever's listening to my music. And a lot of chewing mass right now of saying, you know, when are we going to get a third album? But you know, I've, I've done so much, man, like, I've fallen into, you know, so many categories, which is, you know, music, acting, youth work, um, meeting greets with celebs, I'll never see the light of day, you know, growing up and listening to their albums and somehow being in the same room as them and being, in, you know, face-to-face and having a convo, like, never thought I'd see that as the light of day, and that's all just because of the power of hip-hop and believing in myself and just giving this culture my all, you know, and I mean, I'm thankful along the way, because, I mean, this stuff I, I never thought I would see do, like, like some of the things I'll mention is, you know, two albums working on a third at the moment, you know, radio play, interviews, features, um, name drops worldwide across, not just Australia, but across the land, you know, and across, like, USA, UK, Canada, Japan, like, a whole ton. Um, a documentary about me, like, Sydney Film School here in Australia, like, one of the biggest... Did a documentary like I came up, you know, where I live. Did a three day docker to submit to the film festival because they wanted to know about my career and what I do and how I embrace hip hop to the core. Like, that's so unbelievable to me. And I mean, I've taught hip hop and taught music and you know, programs to UNSW, which is University of New South Wales, one of the biggest universities here in New South Wales of Australia. And you know, there was you know, kids, I mean, you know, teenagers that somehow stumbled across my name and heard my name get around, and they're like, look, we love this monksy dude, why doesn't he, you know, do like little workshops with us, and let's see if we can like learn something about this, and learn more about it, and I got the, you know, potential to do that, and shout out to D2MG that, you know, really got me on board with that, did a few programs, and I know dudes, man, that studied their whole life to be, you know, like, in the profession of university or, um, you know, to be lecturers and stuff, and man, I just fluked it, like, somehow I'm standing in a UNSW classroom and talking to, like, 30 students about this culture that I love, like, that's the power of, like, how hard I hustle, man, and I've done a whole bunch of other stuff, man, I wouldn't want to go down the list and bore the viewers, but I've done some pretty, pretty, incredible things within my career, man, Um, and I'm thankful along the way because that's just how hard I grind and hustle and the acknowledgement and achievements I get along the way. When it comes to Australia, man, we we have, like, a lot of love for the hip-hop culture here. We, you know, whatever comes out about the culture or it's such an Americanized thing it was brought up in the USA, born in the USA, but it's become so universal. Like you got Japan with the you know, the DJ I mean the um, b boying and you know the sneakers and the clothing. You know you got UK with the grime scene and the battle rap scene and you got Australia that just takes a little bit of everything and you know like puts it in a pot and just assembles it into our own way and we love it man we've got the battle rap league over here is pretty gnarly man. You know we've got pretty gnarly MCs that are coming up out of the game, man. We're not talking that Iggy Azalea bullshit. I'm not gonna get into detail with it, but to real hip hop heads know she had a golden and opportunity and she spat in our face with that female B rad Wigger bullshit, man. So Iggy is not on our plate, man. You guys can have her. She's not even hip hop, man. She's hip hop, exactly. Do you see my pronunciation? Not hip hop, hip pop, man. You know she's just a cornball, man. So yeah. Not a year's earlier, so don't claim her to be Australian hip-hop. We have real MCs down here in the land down under. You know, home of the Crocodile Dundees and the Hugh Jackmans and, of course, the Five Element Hip-Hop Kiddo Muggsies and whoever wants to be an MC within Sydney and Melbourne and Queensland Brisbane and Gold Coast. And I could go down the whole list, man. But um, you can see how much passion I'm talking with hip-hop, man. You know, just a kid that had nothing, man. Like, had no self-well-being about himself doubted himself to just someone who like now people recognize me man and like they see me and they're like yo you're that hip-hop dude right or your mugsy like even if they don't know me by name like they just know i'm associated with this culture somehow through word of mouth or my page or just seeing me around and know that i love this culture and craft to its fullest through its full potential and i'm talking about the real hip-hop i'm not talking about this phony corny What is it, clout, or you know, just trying to get your Instagram buzz up? I'm talking about the real roots and the culture. And to whoever's listening to the audio or even interviews that I do, you know, when they interview me or you know, um, you know, vlog about me, that they become so surprised and thrilled that I'm so secluded here in Australia, like across the pond, and they're like, You know, so much about the history, or have so much respect of what's come before you, Um, even the dudes that probably don't get enough shine that they do, you know, like the founding fathers, uh, but you still give them, you know, praise. I'm almost choking up because it's such a powerful culture that I love, Um, you know, and I haven't been in New York, I haven't been in the Boogie Down Bronx, I haven't been to 1520 Sedwick Avenue, even though, you know... Uh, I've given it a shout out in my, my track Aussie with an American attitude, um, but hopefully 2020 someday I'll be there and like, you know, breathe in that historic vibe, that historic block, uh, you know, of just what carved the way, uh, you know, of this culture that I love so dearly, um and it's, it's such a powerful thing, like, I, I, I get giddy, I get giddy when I, I see these Pioneer Fathers, or these real MCs, you know, Bar, for bar like, who I've mentioned, um, and, you know, like, even though they people say, oh, they're old, yeah, they're old cats, you know, they've had their time, not to me, man, they're still, they're still shining bright in my eyes, man, to me, like, you, you throw, like, a Takashi 69, that snitch bitch in there, or you throw a Lil this, or a Shorty this, or some tattooing your face up and, you know, wearing dresses and skinny jeans and all, like, that whole, this whole era, man, of, like, clout rap, whatever they call it, man, just to build a Instagram buzz or a SoundCloud buzz, man, SoundCloud rap, That that's corny to me, man, because they're exploiting something that was beautiful and turning it into something that's materialistic and nasty, man, and I, that's why I pray, you know, I, I shun them down and I bring the real OGs, and the real MCs, and the real hip-hop heads back up again, like I'm going to preach in this, in this audio, man, uh, I know the pain of what, what it becomes to be an artist of grinding and hustling for opportunities, Um, you know, because I know dudes that bust their ass in a nine-to-five, and the dream's only a limelight on the side, and meanwhile, you, you have this mumble rap that's saying nothing on a track and touring stadiums man um, and making and exploiting this culture and making a living off it that's that that's criminal to me man. Like that that's 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 like a criminal going scot free in my opinion and to whoever's listening to the audio you're probably thinking, Well Muggsy that's a bit bold but that's how generally I feel you know when you can have someone that's full of buffoonery and stupidity and go viral, and then all these vlogs, and, um, people are like, he's the next big, you know, hip-hop superstar, and meanwhile, you've got, like, probably the next Nas, working a desk job, man, like, you know, you could probably be, like, the maddest 16, have this mad talent, but he's not getting it, and he's probably only got, like, 300 300- you know, views on his, on his, you know, freestyle or something, like, that's, that's criminal to me, man, and that's probably showing, like, that film, what is it, with have um, what's it called, idiocracy, that's what we're living now, when it comes to the hip-hop community now, man, we're living in an idiocracy time, like, uh, you know, in an idiocracy society, man, and that's why I preach for those artists that have a dream and want it to become a reality, and I preach... To bring that true form of hip hop back, of having a message, having a style, having just a raw grid of don't be sensitive, man, and don't be a bitch about anything. Like, that's what, you know, fight the power. That's what Public Enemy did, you know, like what NWA did, you know, what Two Live Crew did. What, you know, like, ghetto boys did, like, you know, like, all these legendary dudes, I would just stick the middle finger up at you, and be like, man, get out of here with your sensitive society, man, but now, it's like, do not care what we put on the plate, it's just like, you know, we can snitch on each other, yeah, I'm mentioning the bitch, we're snitching on each other, we're doing all this radical stuff, and we don't care about who paved the way, and what we exploit, because we're getting money, that, to me, is damaging, that, to me, is disregarding and disgracing the culture of what came before us man to whoever's wants to claim to be hip-hop or uh, you know hip-hop opens their doors or you know somehow just wants to be a part of it, man do your homework man learn who paved the way learn the generational years or oh, how it's become so universal and Appreciate like you know everything about it, not just rapping. I'm talking about five elements, man. Like you know, rapping, MC, like MCing, DJing, b-boying, graffiti, and of course the five which people tend to forget is knowledge because knowledge is key when it comes to the hip-hop community, man. People say it's four, I say it's five, um, because keeping that culture alive. And man, that's all I can say. That's I can't preach that enough. It's not about your SoundCloud buzz. It's about Loving the culture, that's the true buzz right there. Yo, check me out at Mugzy, M-U-G-Z-Y. But to worldwide viewers, that's M-U-G-Z-Y. Support my movement, um, keeps you up to updates with interviews like this, who I get to meet along the way, you know, opportunities along the way. And if you're an upcoming artist or you want someone to check out your music or maybe point you in the right direction, in maybe your avenue or a better direction whatever the case may be um, hit me up at an inbox I try and get back to everyone but all I do is support real hip-hop five elements knowledge and it don't stop and that's what I live for and hopefully whoever's listening to this audio really can hear that through you know my voice and stuff so thanks once again guys and keep supporting real hip-hop that's all I can say Yo, yo, what's going on people, it's Muggsy, upcoming hip-hop artist from Sydney, Australia off the land down under, and right now I'm going to do one a video on my track, understand me, exactly, understand the five element hip-hop kiddo Z for money-minded records and entertainment, shout out thanks to you guys man for getting back to me because any exposure is great, exposure, we're getting my name out there to the world, whether it be here within Australia, worldwide, it don't even matter if it literally gets me, my name Muggsy out there to the world, I've done my job properly, so.
0: you're not the same man it's just so infant what do you want me to be just like you nah Well, plus one for me doesn't equal two equal two how is it when this world works but these people don't pull you in so all it does is hurt no respect and no love that would never and these people will all rise above It's a democracy, so I approximately My rage will burst out And all you have to do is just stop with me Increase the peace at least for once So we can breathe without Oh Yeah, yeah, ain't teased Cause right now we are all crying in the rain Ripping our hair out Going insane, going insane, yeah You don't, you don't understand me Comprehend me, yeah, come on You don't, you don't understand me Now I'm gonna be talking about myself A lonely wolf, and you're all the wealth point the finger, is like pulling a trigger pull my brains out, when you call me wicker You go bigger, if you to the booze you see the baggy jeans and chains that label me like i'm some kind of honesty. see why because my skin is white and all black it's the love of hip-hop not to be labeled as that it's a disappointment for your enjoyment as a joke i feel like grabbing my hands around your throat to choke i know it's scary but that's the very thing i'm intent to do if it comes to that man there's no stopping me to you we all go a little mad sometimes. Maybe because all the haters know how to push all the bad lines. Why? Because they just don't like who we are. So, what we are trying to become an inner star. In the star, yeah. You don't, you don't understand me. Comprehend me. Two faces walking down the dark hall. It's because they don't have a change of heart. All they love to do is rip people apart. Kissing is the mission, giving their suicidal ignition a thumbs up for the people to be witnessing. Trust me, I know I've been through that horror show. Saw the light and thought it was a no go. To top it all off, just be yourself underneath Just look up to the skies and think about the peace At least because we are that beautiful person Just to be earning what we are deserving A little respect, is that too much for the sake of it? And to be awakening from it? No, because we've got something to prove Coming together as a culture, we have nothing to lose me.